0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast, featuring Dream Accelerating Inspiration. I'm Jeff Meyer, your host, author, entrepreneur, and coach. My goal with this podcast is to help you identify and clarify your own dream by taking wisdom from others' successes and challenges. If you're looking to take action on your dream, to make a difference doing something you love but your fears are holding you back, then this podcast is for you. If you're interested in finding additional support, you can also check out my Dream Accelerator coaching program designed to help realize your full potential and reshape your future. As always, you can learn more about my Dream Accelerator program at jeffmeyer.org. Using my Dream Accelerating formula, heart-centered entrepreneurs can focus on their dream, name their fears, change their mindset, define their next, and move forward anyway. Welcome back, fellow dreamers. It is awesome to be with you in another episode of the Move Forward Anyway podcast. And today, my special guest, Laura Gallagher from Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, Laura, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to the audience?
1: Hi and welcome. and or welcome. Thank you for welcoming me, Jeff. I'm glad to be here. I'm Laura Gallagher. I'm president of The Creative Company here in Madison. I'm also an author and speaker. And I understand we're here to talk about uh, dreams and what gets in the way of accomplishing our dreams, right?
0: Absolutely. You are uh, the CEO, founder of The Creative Company, and you also are involved in this extremely exciting uh, effort. It's actually a Competition here in the Madison area, and you've made it through so many levels of this competition. Um, Mathatria Press—it uh, is a—it is a, it is a um, publishing company for women that you are building, and you have made it to the final twelve. So I want to talk about that and the creative company, and just talk about how your dreams have taken on a life of their own. So why don't we just start with a creative company first? Where where did that dream come from? Where, what? Tell me a little bit about the genesis of that dream.
1: So uh, I started the company in 1989 when I was a senior in college. Wow. Yeah. I was a business marketing and management major. I loved public relations. I'd read the book which I highly recommend for anyone who has questions about what they wanna do next. And this is for any age or any stage of your life. Uh, but I, I read the book, What Color Is Your Parachute by Richard um, Bowles, B-O-L-L-E-S. And I know he has an online uh, program as well that you can take now. Uh, and it, it pointed to public relations, but I was already too far along in the college t- career track to make that change to major in PR. So I stayed in marketing management and I went to work for a PR firm. Uh, first, I volunteered for the Madison Children's Museum for a year and I worked for free and did public relations for them, which is one of the ways that you can find out if you're, if you've got the chops to do something, go and volunteer for a nonprofit. They, mm. if, if, you know, they need your help and it's a great way to learn uh, and, and gain some experience. So I started the company in 1989 when very few people were starting companies, as you probably know, Jeff, uh, many people don't make it even through their first year. Uh, it's many years later, three, over three decades later, and we're still here, We've gone through, you know, a Gulf war, a couple of recessions, a pandemic. Uh, and, uh, it's that kind of tenacity. It's really about, it's about grit and it's about surrounding yourself with the right people who will help you to move your ideas forward mm. and who have already done it. You know, it's it that is if there's one thing that I could say has made the difference and my all the difference in the world is that I was always trying to be around the smartest people in the room. Uh I was smart too, but you know, I was intentional about who I surrounded myself with. So in 1980, when I started the company, I'd worked for a female founder and she had just a couple of people who worked for her in public relations. That really helped having a mentor that's doing what you want to do. I mean, these are times where people were still being school teachers and um, secretaries and nurses. You know, I didn't know any women in business personally up until that point. And then I meet this female founder and she had actually started her company 25 years earlier. Wow. Yeah. What's fascinating is
0: how- Sixty four.
1: Yes. What's fascinating is that a woman could not get a business loan without a man's signature until 1988. Really? Yes. And then a law was passed. It's like, I don't even remember the name of the law, but it's a, a law was passed saying that that could happen. Now they were getting business loans, but it wasn't until the year before I started my company that legally they could get one without a man's signature. Wow. So that's, I, that's just fascinating to me because I didn't really understand what I was do what I was up against or how. I knew this was. I had a my I had a teacher, Mark Dedman, who was part of the chocolate shop family here in Wisconsin. Yeah. And Mark said, "You can start your own business. You don't have anything to lose." And I thought, "Well, maybe I could," you know. And then, really, truly, by the grace of God, the right. And I'm still in touch with these people today. They hired me uh, to do public relations for the new hotel they were opening on the west side of Madison. You know, and we were off and running. So that dream started with. Um, just really having the right people around me who are encouraging me mm-hmm. to go for it, and then a lot of books. I'm a I I read a lot, and it's made all the difference in the world. Reading, learning—I don't care if it's podcasts or videos or TED talks or leadership summits, whatever your jam is—that's um, that's also made a big difference. I don't I don't spend any time really watching things that aren't going to fuel my brain or
0: body. Yeah, and you you would say that that's a great supplement to the the mentoring and the coaching and the being with smart people in the room it's not it's not the books alone that make the dream a reality but they certainly shape and encourage and give you ideas but it's the execution of the ideas that have made you be able to be successful correct would you say that that's true
1: yes it's it's reading and then applying what you've learned. Um, and my other, you know, life hack or tool that's helped me to be successful is that 80% or if you're, you're more likely to accomplish something if you write it down. 80% more likely if you to accomplish it if you write it down. So I write down a lot of my ideas mm-hmm. and, you know, they're much more likely to come to life. So Where do you write them? Um, I actually, this is so basic, Jeff, but
0: I mean. I know, this, but it's so is, important.
1: It's so important. I just buy these basic yeah. you know, folders from Amazon. This one's half full. Yeah. And I, you know, you can do this for 99 cents, folks. It doesn't have to be rocket science. Uh, it doesn't have to be a fancy program. You just need a place to keep your ideas. I tried a lot of different systems. This one works best. Uh, but <laughs> it just makes all the difference in the world. So uh, creative company grew to the top 2% of women-owned businesses in the United States when I was in my 30s. And then in 2008, we uh, revamped everything. I went into incubation space. We started doing more web development, more online tools and things like that. And just this spring, just last month, May of 2021, we just moved into our brand new building, uh, which that we actually got to build out. We have a gorgeous sign that lights up the night and, I have eight employees. We have a fifth floor boardroom. Now we have exercise room here for employees. It's wonderful. And it is, you know, a creative company, an integrated marketing communications firm. We help brands tell their stories across all the different channels. We build websites here. We do photography and video here. Um, We do messaging work here. So all those things are happening here at the creative company. And I I just, it's really fun to come to work most days. I mean, (laughs) it's still work, make no mistake about it, because there's all kinds of processes and systems when you get above a few employees. And this is the other thing is that Mm. uh, when you are, so 90% of women-owned businesses and 83% of male-owned businesses actually only employ themselves and one other, which means you probably created a very giant job for yourself without any health insurance, vacation or benefits.
0: Right. And this
1: is the trend. Eighty percent of the companies in America right now are small businesses and employ 20 or fewer people. But if you don't go through that uncomfortable stage of developing systems and processes so that staff can come on board, feel safe and also do the work, you aren't going to create something that's scalable ever. Right. Because it's dependent on the owner. And that's that's going to tie you up so that you can't grow. And you just, it's a lot of pressure in that. So that's one of my stretching things over the last few years is figuring out how to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. When you started in 1989, how, how many years did you work just on, on your own?
1: None. Uh, I had, I, I, I hired my friends from college for $6 an hour, you know, (laughs) I just hired people right from the start, but I I would say it took me most. Of the last 32 years to learn how to manage and lead people, mostly uh-huh. how to lead people. It's not so much manage there. I hire, I hire better now, but I also have, I, I do feel like this is one of the ways that God has grown me up and made me, you know, I wasn't ready until now to have the growth that we're experiencing now, if that makes sense. As a leader,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: had so much to learn. I had so gotcha. many things I had to unlearn. Uh, it's been, it's been interesting. You know, I want to be a multiplier and not a diminisher, but there's a lot of things from our, uh, culture or from, you know, just things that we learned if we didn't have good teachers along the way about how to lead people. And, uh, you know, and when it's your own business, there's a sense of control that you don't want to lose.
0: Mm. And yet,
1: um, yeah, I've had to work really hard at at figuring that out actually. Uh, What are
0: some of the things that you've had to unlearn?
1: Uh, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: you mentioned control. Um, I'm sure the the more people you add to your team, you know, even designing your space, there's probably a lot of control that you exercise there, but you have eight other employees that also had some thoughts and feelings about that space. And
1: my art director actually has a background in uh, uh, environmental design and has her bachelor's degree in that. And so she told me from the very beginning, which was almost two years ago, she said, I want to design your space or design our space. And I said, okay, um, that sounds good. Cause I actually really wanted to run the company and the design of the space thing wasn't that important to me, but I've just learned that I've got, you've got to, it's like, what is it? What are the words? Um, Trust and trust, but verify, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had high trust in her. And, and I think that's the key. You don't just turn over the keys to your business, your life, your finances, and so on unless you have high trust. And right. that trust has to be earned. So I have um, three newer people on the team here at Creative Company, two since the beginning of the year that I had not worked with previously. And we actually just ran through an exercise. So I gave them a that is just internal that I've spent ten thousand dollars on so far. And it's a downloaded a chapter. From the book making a difference that I was just a contributing author to uh and we're just launching that campaign right now uh yep there's the book and uh some of the authors other authors in there include jerry uh is it jerry jenkins yeah who's co-author of the left behind series for those of you who are familiar with that in any case the the book download is a, about my chapter which is about how to make it uh, how to use social media to make a difference in the world. But that requires a landing page that requires social media that requires um, email marketing to our audiences, you know? And so I went through with this new, these newer people on the team, what's our goal? Um, you know, do a creative brief first. I wanted to see how they would run it and where the gaps are. So watch mm-hmm. what I'm doing here. I'm not throwing them out to the wolves. I'm not throwing them out, you know, to clients and saying, okay, do this. And then we let's see how screwed up it is. So like, no, if it, cause it could, cause it could be. Right. Yeah. Even though everyone here is experienced, we have our own way of doing things here. Yep. And, you know, you aren't going to put a mechanic underneath a car and be like, well, you know, I hope the wheels stay on and the engine doesn't fall out while they're heading down the road. Right. So that, those are the kinds of mistakes that I made in the early years, Jeff.
0: You just threw people out there because you trust you're a natural well, person.
1: I am. And they yeah. had all the, you know, like, well, they've got this experience, so they should know how to do it here. No, not necessarily.
0: That's right. And that's not the way painful. you want them to do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or the way it needs to be done based on our culture. So anyway, it's not even, because that makes sense. It, if it's just the way I want to do it, that's, it's what we, it's the brand promise that we make. Yeah. You know, and it's about excellence. It's about, um, yeah, just making making people know that they made, or helping people to feel confident that they made the best possible decision when they hired us.
0: That's awesome. So um, yeah,
1: practice, practice, this, practice.
0: This journey of building something uh, doing something you love that helps others. And that's certainly what you do with the creative company is to get people's brand out there, to get their, their message out into the world in a way that connects with people. Um, certainly as you've built that, there have been moments where you have been hesitant, you've been afraid, you're shaking in your boots. Can you, can you share a couple of times in this journey since 1989, when you were just like, Oh my, what am I doing? What am I getting myself into? Can I pull this off? Have you had any of those moments along the way?
1: Always. Sure. Um, but not always, but you know, like two, almost two years ago, my landlord came to me and he said, Laura, um, tomorrow morning, you're going to read in the paper that your building's being torn down. Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's going to be fine. I'll take care. Like we're going to figure it out. I don't exactly know how we're going to figure it out yet, but just don't worry about it. No. What do you think? Do you think I was a little worried about it?
0: <laughs> yeah. When someone tells me to not worry about something, the first, first inclination is to worry about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I had lost my mom six months earlier and it was just kind of a year of like, Oh, what next? Mm.
0: Um,
1: but I, uh, you know, you just can't, you keep, somebody said you must be present to win. I just keep, kept showing up, um, every day and thinking about the problem, working on the problem, talking to Gary, my landlord. And, um, you know, within a few months, uh, it was, he was, he said, I'm, I've got a, you know, I've got a place for you here. So you don't have to find somewhere else unless you want to find somewhere else, but I'm going to build this building and I'm going to make sure there's a place for you here. And I really thought that's great. Put me in the back of the building. I don't need, you know, This amazing space at all. I just need a place to work. I really care about the work, not fancy. You know, I just want to be able to do the work. I mean, we were above a gas station, Jeff. It was cool up there, but you know, we were in a two story brick building above a gas station. So if you wanted a Slim Jim, you could run downstairs and get it. You know, so it was convenient. Um, you know, but it you wasn't. like
0: that sort of thing. You know. Yeah, but
1: it wasn't here. You know, you've seen it now, and I encourage people. We're right on West Washington Avenue, six blocks from the state capitol. Absolute stuff of dreams. We gorgeous. Feel, it's gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Wouldn't have ever dreamed of that in 1989. No, Probably not even uh, 2019.
1: You know. No. I was, and that's the point, right? Like in 2019, my mom had died. She was my best friend. Um, business was difficult that year. When my so, the, leading up to this, and this is this is important for people to know. Um, I did some really hard things. You know, I went back to school. I became an ambassador for North America for the Women's Entrepreneurship Day movement um, uh, at the United Nations. I was I produced two conferences in 2018 and 2019 for women uh, in business and they sold out both years. Uh, But when my mom got sick at the end of uh, 2019, I didn't have, I was at 20, at the end of 2018. So it was 17 and 18 that I produced the conferences. At the end of 2018, when she got sick, she got sick very suddenly and she died three weeks later and she was 73 years old. Wow. And she was my best friend And I was a little light staffed because we had just gone through the conference and I was, I really didn't know at that moment, what was going to happen next. You know, if I'm going to be able to stick with this or I just felt like the ground came out from under me and Mm -hmm. I had worked so hard going back to school, becoming an ambassador, running the company. I didn't. I didn't even want to do it, to be candid with you. I was tired and I was hurting. Mm. And I also wondered, like, wow, how am I spending my life? You know, my, I miss my, I just wish I had spent some time differently. So it was, a, yeah, that was a dark period two years ago. And then when the, the lease thing came up, I'm like, oh, brother, now this. Um, but it actually turned out great. And I think that's what people need to know is that, you know, God is with you, strengthening you, helping you with your, um, for those who, you know, who, who believe, um, that that's the way it works. I personally believe that's how this works. And that even during those dark hours, you know, maybe I needed a rest. I just had to trust him in a way that I had not trusted God before. I had to say, like, my dad was used to traveling a lot with my mom. And so the kids and I went on a trip to Deadwood and to see Mount Rushmore and stuff with my dad. Now, I haven't been on a car trip with my father since I was 16 years old, right? Yeah, yeah. We all piled in his minivan, and he made 13 roast beef sandwiches a that we ate here between here and, you know, the Dakotas, and because, uh, you know, you got to keep driving, and yeah. do you really have to go to the bathroom, Jeff? Yeah, you can't I mean, stop, <laughs>
0: especially when Dad's driving. You can't stop. Oh, can't you can't stop. stop.
1: Oh, my God. I, we stopped a couple of times, but I'm just saying it was intense, and so, but I had to make my father a priority. I didn't have any other choice. He needed us. We needed him. We got in the van, but I felt like I couldn't leave my company. Mm -hmm. I really didn't feel like I could leave my company, but I had to get in the van. So it was an interesting life change for me. I had to put my family first. I didn't have any choice.
0: Wow. And you had to, you had to trust your company to someone else. I had trusted.
1: Yeah. And I had to put my trust in God that God was going to make sure that we were okay. Well, I mean, in, a, in a more profound way than before. You know, this was, if this was going to happen, it was happening on his time, not Laura's time.
0: Wow. That was a big moment for you.
1: It grew me up.
0: Yeah. Almost overnight. Right. It so, felt like
1: it took longer than that, but yep.
0: <laughs> You're no, we're still, we're still growing. I mean, I am. Yeah. Um. So, In the midst of that fear and worry and not sure how it's going to turn out, what were some of the key players that helped you trust in God more, that helped you um, keep moving forward anyway, even though you didn't want to um, and you had to adjust to being there for dad and putting your family first? What were some of the key elements that helped you get through that stage and today, get to today?
1: So, this that's a that's a great question. Uh, the key elements that helped me get to today. Well, they you know they always say time helps and heals, and it did. Um, my sister was really important during that time. Just in mm-hmm. I, about three, so by like the fall, she said to me after mom and dad, she said, you're too sad. You need to go and get some help. Mm-hmm. I was that sad. So I'm not, I just wanna be really clear because people will go through hard times and they aren't gonna be sure, you know, they, I'm just, it was not, it's not all been great for me by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. There've been really lonely, hard times. I was very lonely without my mom. I talked to her, even though we weren't in the same place. She lived um, in Northern Illinois and I'm here and I was very busy, but you know, when I got off a plane she was the first person I called. When I was in New York City, I called my mom and I was like, you won't believe this. It's so amazing. I'm at the United Nations, whatever. I mean, mom was my best friend and uh, it left a big, big hole in my heart and our whole family was hurting. So uh, there was that. But Dr. Tom Neville, who you may know, uh, Dr. Uh, So Tom came to me right before my mom died and helped me prepare for the Women's Entrepreneurship Day conference because I keynoted at year two. And it was a statewide conference, just to be clear. We had all of the economic players in the state of Wisconsin there. Uh, But Tom coached me up, worked with me on my speech. He's a really good presenter and he's a coach with Giant Worldwide. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that helped a ton. Uh, He also came in and worked with my team a couple of different times here at the creative company. We, he and I did a leadership intensive together. That was very helpful. Um, to to be candid with you, the, you know, the, whatever, a little, um, it was getting through that first year without mom. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. It was going through every celebration and all of those kinds of things. And then I felt like, and then we went right into the pandemic, you know, so we go right into a move and the pandemic, because we had to move out of this building so they could tear it down, move into temporary space in an enterprise center, um, or an incubation. We moved actually back to the people we were, Before And I want to tell you how slow my brain was working during this time, because when you experience extreme trauma, your brain slows down. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to tell anyone that my brain had slowed down because I was afraid that they wouldn't want to work with me. Right. Right? But My brain, everything was slower. And um, it was I signed the lease for the temporary space a week before I had to be out of this space. That's how late in the game it was two weeks before I had to be out of this space. I still hadn't found anything that I had a piece about. And I wrote Commonwealth development. And I said, and the subject line read a friend in need. And I said, I see you've got some space available. Can I come back for 14 months? Cause that's, that's not the normal.
0: This is interesting. You're you've just touched on it. I've seen this now and in the last five minutes, you've been talking that you, you asked for help.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think one of the struggles for us who are entrepreneurs, people that are take charge, visionaries, let's go get it, is we have a hard time sometimes asking for help. And I think that's a really important lesson that one of the things that helps you move forward anyway, when things are tough and when there's your brain slowing down and You're not thinking clearly you're overwhelmed by the the stuff of life. That's going to hit everyone at some point is to ask for help. Um, Your sister encouraged you to do that. You asked the people to help bring you back for 14 months. And I'm assuming they did.
1: Yes. I moved in very happily. It was a really good relationship. Yeah. You know, the, the real estate market at that time was tight. So when I was asking, it was before the pandemic. We had, a, you know, we moved in and then yeah. two weeks later it was shelter at home. Uh, by the way, I signed a lease, a long-term lease to be in this building right before I moved. So I was, you know, and then you go into a pandemic and you don't have any new business closed for 60 or 70 days. I thought, what did I just agree to? Oh my what God, did do? right? Yeah. But it yeah. turned out. And I think that's the thing, like, you know, you talk about getting, getting working through your fear. You are going to be uncomfortable if you want your story to move forward.
0: You're going to be, hear this people, you're going to be uncomfortable if you want your story to move forward. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's no way around it.
0: And and it's going to come again and again and again and again. At every point where you want your story to move forward, there is going to be discomfort. Yes. Because in order to stretch and to grow, you're going to be challenged that's where growth comes from it doesn't come from being content and sitting on what you already know i think of your story from 1989 to today all the things you've had to learn
1: and how I mean, god has well and how god has made it happen you know i went to college originally to be a court reporter and i was going to marry my high school boyfriend Well, he was, he was older than me, but he was in radio and TV and I really thought his job was interesting. And then I eventually, you know, started doing the kinds of things that he did, which was even more fun (laughs) instead of just, you know, being with someone who did that. I could actually do it myself. Uh, Yeah. I, I didn't, I don't know. I just always have been a learner. And I think that that's what I'd recommend for your audience too. You know, the more we learn, the more we surround ourselves with smart people uh, that will, it'll change your life too. It's really good. Well, I know what I was going to say. So for the, you know, we talked started at the beginning of the hour talking about Mapatria press and the governor's business plan competition. So it's not a Madison competition. It is a statewide competition and, uh, they've given over, I don't know, they've given away three or $4 million worth of prizes and things since they started the competition. Uh, 250 people were in the initial, uh, Made it through the initial application phase, and you know, yeah, now we're down to the diligent dozen. But that story, the publishing company story, is is more like a halo or maybe next gen for creative company. In that, uh, it really is about the story of like I can see how God has put together all of these pieces along the way, mm-hmm. so that this is where it, when I look back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, all of these things I was doing might just be, be to launch this thing so that, because I love books more than you can. I mean, I just love books. I love reading them. I love writing them. I love books that aren't even very good, but they're real. So like Mm -hmm. my great uncle Leo, um, the pastor in this little tiny town came over and with his niece or granddaughter and wrote down all of these stories that my uncle Leo was always, you know, telling people about. Right. And they're really, there are things like about the coon supper over in Grashit, and how they had, a, you know, X amount of coons over there, but he didn't go over and eat because he thought, you know, those coons, who knows how long they've been laying around for. Oh. And, and then people went over to the coon dinner. They all got sick. They were sick for three weeks. You know, it's stories like that, though, that it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be well written, it doesn't have to be beautiful. It's your story and it's a piece right. of family history. Right now, he's been gone for a few years. This is my grandpa's brother. Um, And it gives me a glimpse into what my grandpa's life was like, which led to my mother, which led to me. And I so I I just want people who want to be able to do that, to have the system um, and to have people around them who will help them to get to their destination. Because 81 percent of Americans want to write a book. Yeah. The e-publishing business and the publishing business itself has been turned on its head. You can publish your own book right now. However. Most people are going to be frustrated because they don't understand the ecosystem right. and they don't know how to get it to ship. And even if they do know how to ship it, get it all the way to that point, the average independent author only sells, self-published author only sells 250 copies. Yep, I sold a thousand. I don't think that I'm, you know, and I wasn't pushing that hard. You know, you kind of push the first year, but you're running a company and going back to school and doing other things. So I felt like that was pretty successful. Uh, but at the same time, we, we have the systems and processes are in place to help Leverage that, but not all in one place. And so that's what Mathatria Press
0: is about. Yeah. So you're that's great. So when when we start dreams, when we we pursue entrepreneurial ventures, there's usually a problem we're trying to solve.
1: Yes.
0: There's usually a gap in the system somewhere that we know we have an answer to. So just tell us um, in summary what is the problem that Mathatria Press is solving.
1: There are two problems. The first one is getting the book written. And the other problem is making it available to people.
0: Yeah. Marketing it, getting it out, getting eyes on it. And it's it's specifically for women.
1: I am targeting women.
0: You're targeting women.
1: Uh, 95% of Business books, anyway, and this is this is much broader than business books, but 95% of business books a few years ago, according to research, were, you know, it's all white guys with their voices, white executives who, who had gotten to that place and wrote a business book, probably paid for an author and, you know, or paid for a, a, a writer to write it like Donald Trump did, quite frankly, in 1989 with the Art of the Deal. Uh, that's common. Um, But those are the business books. Now, I'm a woman in business. Am I going to lead this company differently than what a man would? More than likely, yes, because my gender is just what it is. (gasps) I was made differently, so I'm going to probably lead it differently. Do I need role models? Absolutely. When we did the Women's Entrepreneurship Day conference, I made sure that it was the most diverse and inclusive board in the history of the state of Wisconsin, the most diverse, and inclusive stage in the history of Wisconsin. And as a result, we had the most diverse and inclusive audience in the history of the state of Wisconsin at an economic empowerment summit for women. So yes, it's different. And we have a lot of fears and insecurities. Men do too, but they tend to not maybe talk about them as much. And so maybe that's the thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Believe me.
0: Believe me. Yeah. It's, you gotta
1: wear your mask every day, right?
0: Like you gotta. Yeah, it shows weakness, you know. And we're our society is built on rewarding the strong, and so to say that you're afraid is like the last thing in the world we want to admit to. And yet, it it impacts all of us. And that's one of the biggest lie that I tra- lies that I try to overcome for people with the uh, Dream Accelerator is that, I mean, I I sign every one of my books. I sign this this I write this in my signature. Fears will come. Fear will stay. Move forward anyway. Your dream must live. And the point of that is that fear is a natural human emotion to risk or to the unknown. It's natural and it's going to come. And and so many people feel like I can't move forward unless I eliminate the fear or overcome the fear. And I'm saying, no, bring the fear along with you because it's going to be there you're going to have sweaty palms before you walk on that big stage. You're you're going to be shaken in your boots when you sign a lease and you don't know what's coming in the next year. Yep. Um, you're going to be shaken and, and to your core when your mom dies and you still feel like you're called to move this thing forward, but you can't pick up the phone and talk to your best friend anymore. Guess what? That's natural. And move forward anyway, because your dream must live. And men, oh my goodness, we have to put on this show that we've got it together and we're strong. We can solve our own problems. So that's why I stopped earlier and said, asking for help um, is so huge. And we have, men have a real problem doing that.
1: Yeah, I see that. Um, And it, it gets in the way when we think about teams and how people work together, especially in these, there's a different thing coming up the pipeline with other generations. They are more dependent and yes. working in teams, and more accustomed to working in teams. So there's less of that frontier man, you know, I got to figure this all out by myself kind of attitude coming down the pipeline. But you know, we've created a culture here at Creative Company where, and I we're equally staffed between men and women here, uh, where we discuss the undiscussable. Um, we talk about it when our egos and our independence gets in the way of us getting the results that we could get. Um, we talk about communication. You can't communicate too much right now. And this is for everyone in your audience, Jeff, you cannot communicate. You cannot over-communicate right now. Our brains are more full than they've ever been with fears. I actually don't, I hardly watch, I do watch the news a couple of times a week or I'll read the paper a couple of times a week. You can't listen to that all day long. It will destroy your brain it will destroy what you can do in the world to make a difference don't right. spend a lot of time on it it will not help you to move ideas forward and god has made us uh, to be very creative people who are here and resilient people and gritty people mm-hmm. you know and he wants us to live to fully live You got to get on the boat. Oh, this was actually the other part. We didn't talk about this, Jeff. But one of the things that really changed me this last year was that a year ago, I began learning how to sail. And I was scared. So I've lived on the water for 10 years, 11 years now. And I watched all the boats go by. And I thought that looks really hard. And then last year, someone asked me to get on the boat. And I got on the boat and i've actually already registered the url learning how to and a bunch of others because i know i'm going to write about it yeah. because it's really about learning how to live again and love again after my mom died
0: yeah it's more than sailing isn't it
1: it's way more than sailing but you do there's all these metaphors out there you know sometimes you and it's true in business too or true in life sometimes you got the wind in your sail and it's just beautiful uh, so other times a puff of wind's going to come along and it's going to knock you right on your side What are you going to do to recover? The more prepared you are for those moments. And this is preparation, whether you're, if you're a believer, you know, you're in the word of God and, you know, you're prepared to, to not believe those lies that you're not going to get through this, Mm -hmm. you know, and then um, if otherwise, if you even, if you're uh, tactically, if you know what to do. I know I gotta get the wind out of my sail. I know I have to essentially put on the brakes on the boat. (laughs) You know, I gotta stop this thing from moving for a minute if if that happens and right the boat. So I learned, and I was just a scientist about the whole thing, which I think is another takeaway tip for your audience is um, being a scientist, being an explorer, helps you to manage the things that go sideways. So there are two key words that we have here that are part of our culture. Uh, And one is, uh, and we actually got both of these from my landlord, who is the most positive and optimistic guy on the planet. I love working with Gary, started out mechanic, like building refrigeration systems, putting them in quick trips and, you know, did really well. But I watched him in managing this project and he used two keywords. The first one is, that's interesting. And what he was really saying was, wow, that got really messed up, but it's so interesting, Laura. It's so interesting. This wasn't at all what I had imagined, but it's really interesting. The other one he uses, if it's really, really gone sideways, is fascinating. Yeah. It was fascinating what happened there. And so we use those two keywords here every single day at the Creative Company. You know, when i got a
0: rock, I've got a rock, an actual rock on my desk at church where I serve, not here, so I can't show it to you. But I painted the words on it in a really dark time when everything seemed to be going south, stay curious. Like for me, it was like, okay, this is really, really hard. I wonder what's wanting to happen here. And can I stay curious? Can I stay in the moment of curiosity and see what might develop? So I love that. That's interesting, fascinating.
1: See, it just puts you in the right frame of mind.
0: It, It keeps you curious. I want to go
1: back to what you said about asking for help for a second, because, you know, in the Bible, it says a wise man has many counselors and I will get different advice from different people about different, about problems. I will get two or three people on the phone now in my later years. Right. I don't, I used to pull out a book and be like, well, I'll just figure it out myself. And I can still go into that zone where I'm like, I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure it out. But then I get in my own head. Um, I've also, you know, I did go through some entrepreneurship programs in the last couple of years that have taught me what to do. You know, you write down the problem on one piece of paper, on one side of the paper, and then you start thinking about ways that you can turn this around. Yeah. You know, you've got to get it into some sort of actionable format. Otherwise, it's going to kill you. Um, But it's my counselors will not give me the same advice which is why you should have more than
0: one. Right. Now, that's really good advice. There's there's there is a caveat though that I found and the proverb also says that uh, you can die with too many advisors. <laughs> so there's a point at which as an entrepreneur you got to stop listening to the advice because it can be overwhelming. Too many too many advisors, too many different And you got to make a decision and you got to move. I mean, I'm dealing right now in the dream accelerator with a couple of people that they've received feedback and advice from so many people over the last year. And they are just completely exhausted by the thoughts. And it's because they haven't moved forward with any of the advice. They haven't taken action on it. It just sits up there in their heads and they're, they've just been overthinking it. So what, What kind of advice would you give to the listener about when to stop receiving more advice and, and move forward and make a decision, right or wrong, make a decision and take action? How do you know when it's time to stop taking advice?
1: How do you know when it's time to stop taking advice? Probably when you feel overwhelmed by all the advice. right? Uh, And then, you know, and and sadly, what we do is we go to other people before we go to prayer. Right. So, oh,
0: my gosh, huge for the Christians who are listening. How many times have you been stuck with a decision and instead of praying, you you immediately went and sought a bunch of advice from a bunch of different people instead of going to God and just seeking his heart about it? I and then watching the for
1: repeating themes, right? Yep. You know, like how is God going to speak to me about this and seeing what happens You know, in that way. The, mm. So I, I know that when I get overwhelmed, I, there's a couple of things that could be happening. One is that I may not be speaking to the right people. So for example, mm. for the governor's business plan competition, I pitch next week and Craig on my team, who's a, an engineer and a uh, web developer, he and he's been with me for a long time. And he said, I said, do you guys, do you think I should do a pitch with everybody here at the creative company, a practice pitch? And he said, no, he's, he's very matter of fact about that. And he said, we don't know what we're, we don't know what you know about this, about how this works. We're not investors. And I thought, oh, that's so wise. Mm-hmm. See, I was going to do that. And then they were going to undermine my thought process, more than likely. That wasn't going to help. Now, yesterday, I met with Jay, who's done three successful startups and also made it this far in the competition. Uh, And, uh, you know, he was talking to me about my company's valuation and uh, how I'm going to have to justify that and all those kinds of things. That was very productive.
0: That was helpful. Yeah.
1: You got to find the right people. You know, you don't talk to somebody who's like, okay, one of my challenges, and I'm sure you have this too, Jeff. I don't know you that well, but just based on the fact that your focus of these podcasts and your books is on dreams and fulfilling those dreams, fulfilling God's calling in your life um, or whatever your, whatever your desire is there, um, my guess is that, uh, oh, shoot, I just completely lost my train of thought. Okay. Dream maker. Where did we start before that?
0: We're talking about finding the right people. Asking the right people for input. Uh, Jay gave you good good feedback.
1: Yeah. Okay. I lost it. Let's It'll come back. to you at two o'clock, <laughs> something <about> two o'clock
0: <laughs> tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, no, two o'clock oh, tomorrow morning. I'll it. remember. That's my full brain. That's um, what
0: I should have said.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll remember later.
0: Yeah. So um So you, you're ready to, you're ready to make this pitch, uh, Thursday, June 3rd. We're, we're recording I pitch, actually Monday. pitch
1: on Wednesday. Okay. On so Wednesday.
0: When, when this goes live, we will know, uh, already what's happening for Laura and her, her, uh, Methotria Press in the governor's business plan competition, mm-hmm. uh, cause this will be published somewhere in July, but, um, yeah, um, yeah but you're sitting there right now thinking about Wednesday. What kind of emotions are you having as you think about making that pitch?
1: Uh, that I, okay. So what Jay reminded me of yesterday, although it was a heavily, uh, heavy conversation, he's like, they don't, they don't actually, it doesn't matter how nice you are, whether they like you or not, who cares? Uh, this is a, on the other hand, you know, why you built this thing. You know, we want to, we, I want to express authenticity. I I know this, I get all in my own head about it, Jeff. And then I get nervous and I think I, what actually goes through my head because I did a practice pitch already with two investors earlier in the week. And it was a hot mess. I mean, my whole desk was covered with which you might have seen on social media with little note cards of changes I had to make.
0: Right? Yeah, I saw that post. No, <laughs> so stressful. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh.
1: And I had to do a root can- or not a root canal, but I had to have a um, an emergency uh, crown put on that morning. Of course. So, like, of course, half my face is drooping, and I'm doing my practice pitch with these two investors. And you know, they were really kind about the whole thing, but it was terrifying. It would not have been if I just remember that I actually have been thinking about this idea and preparing for it for six years Hmm. and actually even my whole life. Yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm ready ready for this moment, but you better be able to pump yourself up because you're the only ones that's there at the final moment. If I was waiting for somebody to walk through my door to feed that thing for me, I would be in a lot of trouble. I have to be my own best friend. So how do you do that? How do I do that? I Tactically. talk to myself the way that I, my best friend would talk to me. Like I'm nice to myself. <laughs> you know? And I You're remind nice myself, Laura, you got this. Yeah. Uh, I also have, you should see my like personal bathroom wall. It mm-hmm. When I'm working on something like this, it's covered with note cards and things that keep my brain straight. Cause there's so yeah, much yeah. going on at any given time that I have to, I really do have to work hard at this.
0: You said but this earlier connected. that, um, 80%, what was it? 80%, uh, Happens only if we write it down. I think yes. that was the. Yes. So, here's a clue, you guys. Get out of your head. Laura's been talking about being in her head about this. She's nervous about this pitch. She's feeling a little bit of fear, right? So she writes things down and she posts them on the wall of what her best friend would say to her, what her mom would say to her, what, and and she has to see it externally, outside of her mind to be able to capture it and utilize it to help pump her up, to be able to present what she knows she is able to present. So write the thoughts down, Um, put them in the eyesight. Uh, This past Sunday, um, I I preached on a, I shared a Hebrew word uh, from one of the Psalms that says Shavah. And it means to, it means to put in front of your eyes, put put the Lord in front of your eyes, shove it up there in front of your eyes and go, ah, right? And I, I preached on that on Sunday because so often we just keep the thoughts in our heads and we need to put it in front of our eyes. Like you got this. You've been thinking about this for six years. There's no one better to present this than you, Laura. It's like putting on your mirror. We have in my bathroom, My wife puts post-it notes on the bathroom mirror all the time to try to remind me. I've got this, I've got this, um, I don't even know what you call it. It's like a marquee where I can put letters on it with the, and it's got different lights that come through it. And right now it says precious and honored. My wife put that up there during a really dark time a couple of weeks ago where I was really beating myself up. My own worst enemy. Precious and honored, and it's just like you got to see these things and keep them front of mind. Shava, shove it up there, front of your eyes. Yes, you so do. don't forget.
1: There's no way around it. I do remember now what I was going to say before Jeff, Good. and but that is my life hack. That's probably made the most amount um, of sense to me is just keeping. There's another. I actually heard about this at a conference years ago. The founder of Lululemon said he put all of his goals, his business goals, at the urinal in his company. Cause that way he would see it a number of times a day. I mean, it sounds, and so I, my, my bathroom, right. I mean, it's the same, yeah. just, I'm, I, yeah. I do my There's hair nothing else to do. Just, I
0: mean, yeah. that's why some marketing companies put the advertisements above the urinal, you know, so mm-hmm. you're just standing in at the wall. <laughs>
1: Or in it, if it's true, if it's a man, I'm just saying it's right in there. The right,
0: just puts the goal right in there.
1: <laughs> I'm told. I haven't actually experienced I, that. Uh, yeah. um, but what I was going to say earlier, when I was talking about you being a dream maker and so on and so forth, I did remember. It's don't dream with a non-dreamer. They will suck the life right out of you.
0: I talk about in my book, Beware of the Dream Crushers. It's also a Julie, Julia Cameron. Um, here's another book for you guys. Julia Cameron's *The Artist's Way* just gold. Is gold. This this was so life giving to me during my sabbatical. Um, yeah, dream crushers, and they can come from the people that are closest to you too. Absolutely. And that really hurts, and it's really hard to overcome. Um, don't. Not, your but understanding
1: the personalities dreams. and things that you're with, there are times and places for each for those kinds of, you know, like my CFO, for example, um, if I, if I'm going to do something impetuous or, you know, just, you know, throw some money at something that she's just, she'll just give me a look, you know, but, but if I was, t- she's not, she's, she. you need wise counselors around you, wise people around you who are, who will, you know, kind of rein it in sometimes, but when you're creating, this isn't the time to do that. That's right. That, that artist way book is one of my favorites, too. Also, I re- highly recommend um, Stephen Pressfield. Have you read him, Jeff?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. So Good. he's got a whole
1: series of books out. He's fantastic. I um, love
0: that cover.
1: You know, it's about working, you guys. I mean, these are workbook boots on this thing. And we think about when we think about an artist, we see them painting like in the Renaissance period, or we see them, you know, romantically writing yeah. by the lake. But much of what I do is work yeah just hard grinding work that's it it's but i do get to create and there's some fun stuff here and there and you know maybe it's you know 15 percent of my time but even creating ideas in your head and then moving them onto paper and Mm -hmm. then moving them into action and then watching them come alive what an exciting process to be a part of and what if we were all more tuned into that instead of letting life pass us by with a television on or a phone in our hand you know it just it's not an exciting way to live and it it's depressing
0: yeah it it, because it's not allowing its stealing from us what we were originally designed to do and to be co-creators with the creator and um When people get to sense that and realize that and then unlock that for the first time in their lives, it's just so enjoyable to watch that happen. That's why I love doing what I'm doing. I think that's why you love doing what you're doing. I think of all the women that are going to publish their story because of um, Mathatria Press is just incredible. I think of all the people you've blessed through the creative company through the years, helping them clarify their message and get it out into the world and cut through the noise so that they can get their message and their voice heard. Man, blessings to you and kudos to you for the work you're doing. I'm proud of you and honored to know you. I can't wait to see the new space. Um, please invite me and uh, look to celebrate that with you. It has been such a joy to talk to you today. We could I could spend the rest of the afternoon talking. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for investing the time in our audience. And uh, there's two books here that I would uh, promote, the Making a Difference and the number 180 and 120, Recharge Your Business in 120 Days.
1: It's um, hashtag 180 and 120. And that hashtag is actually legally trademarked.
0: Hashtag, one, oh, yeah. hashtag 180 and 120. I missed that. I'm so sorry. That's terrible. No, that's
1: <laughs> it's a 180. You know, 180 and 120 is like doing a 180 in 120, which is really about changing things around.
0: Yeah, uh, And it's yeah.
1: about, it's an honest book. It's about how I lost a million dollars and why I want to be a cowboy and all these small business stories at year 25. So, so
0: yeah, um, fun stuff. Both available on Amazon, I'm assuming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And uh, we'll have links to that in the show notes. Laura, how can people get in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing? Where would you like them to go?
1: They can. So it's Laura Gallagher in Madison, Wisconsin. You can find me at lauragallagher.us. You can find Creative Company at thecreativecompany.com, and uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on West Washington Avenue. So <laughs> awesome. at six twenty-two in the in the brand new West Washington. Place, which is where the old Hotel Washington was for those who have more it. history
0: in Madison. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now you're going to be creating new history in Madison using that same yes. space. Congratulations. Yes.
1: Thank you, Jeff.
0: All your endeavors and may you make it to the final, the final uh, winner and the diligent dozen. If not, I know that you will continue moving forward anyway with that dream. And we're going to see some, uh, some authors having their having their stuff seen and read because yeah, of having their
1: dreams come true that's right that's absolutely it's and all about. community around them so that they can tell their stories it's important beautiful. our stories matter
0: beautiful well thank you so much enjoy the rest of your day have an awesome weekend and thanks for joining us
1: thank you jeff you too
0: hey fellow dreamer i hope you enjoyed today's episode head over to my website jeffmeyer.org all of the show notes and links. And when you're ready to move from overthinking about your dream to actually taking action on it, consider joining the Dream Accelerator community. Our clients are getting crystal clear on their dream with our Dream Generator Vivid Description five-step process. They're discovering the truth about fear and how to use it as fuel to take courageous steps in the right direction. And most importantly, They are walking a clear path forward because they have made an investment in themselves to confidently realize their dreams. The results are so inspiring. Having coaching and companions on the dream journey is crucial. Remember, fear will come, fear will stay. Move forward anyway.